0: Good evening and welcome to Point of View. I'm Chris Berg. Thank you so much for joining us. We start with some breaking news today. A 15-member panel of Fargo residents interviewed the potential police chief here in Fargo. They selected David Zabolski. Hopefully I've got that name correct. But he's been the chief of police in Beloit, Wisconsin. Beloit? Am I saying that all right? But since 2015. Beloit. Thank you very much. Uh, He spent 27 years with the Milwaukee Police Department. So I guess we can probably assume that this guy is going to be a Packer fan, but we'll see. So uh, it should be fun to invite him into our community. Assuming he ends up, uh, everything works out, uh, which I think we're going to find out the final results coming up in September. So tonight, the fourth and final night of the DNC convention, we're going to take you out to a live feed there from the convention. Things will be kicking off soon. I think you all know by now that former Vice President Joe Biden is going to be delivering the speech that he's been preparing for the last 47 years. That's 47 years, folks. He has been in the D.C. swamp. And so tonight will be a very, very special night for him. Going to be interesting to see what he has to say. Uh, but also, as kind of the ultimate troll move, President Trump did a campaign stop today in Joe Biden's home state of Pennsylvania. Here's some of what President Trump had to say earlier today.
1: He's going to make a speech tonight. It's going to be very interesting to see how he does. And I hope he does well. I'll be honest. I do. I hope he does well. I really hope he does well. But I also want him to tell the truth. He's got to tell the truth about things. And he's going to do a lot better if he does. But hopefully not well enough.
0: I hope he does well. I really do. I hope he does well. Uh, as we all know, President Trump was in Minnesota on Monday. He was in Mankato to be more specific. and. He's been talking about this a lot now. Many people, I think, are talking about this. I'll show you why he believes this in a moment. But he really believes he can make Minnesota red again. Be the first time since Nixon, 1972. A brand new poll came out today. Here's what they had to say about the numbers. Biden, 46.9. Trump, 46.5. 1.7% undecided. seems that President Trump is trending in the right direction Uh, as we head into November, and I say that because it was, gosh, maybe six weeks ago Fox News had a poll out. They had Biden up by 10. We've been showing you now over the past few weeks how the the poll numbers are obviously tightening in this group here. Um, Just so you know, they actually got it correct in 2016. (laughs) That's something new with these pollsters, but they did get the uh, the electoral vote correct or, you know, who was going to be the winner, but they also got the popular vote correct as well, so they did a nice job there. Now, the reason that i think president trump sincerely believes he's got a shot to win minnesota in 2020 probably why jason lewis thinks he's got a shot to become a u.s senator in minnesota is because of what's happening with things that are going on in Wadena. As you may have heard by now, Josh Peguero did a great story about a rodeo. They wanted to have take place in Wadena, but because of the executive orders, the restrictions due to state leaders such as Governor Walls, they're trying to limit the crowd size. Well, that's obviously hindering these people's ability to make a living. So here's more on the story from Valley News Team's Josh Peguero.
2: They lined up during the rain, horns blaring, signs showing, and music playing. Protesters were along Highway 10 and Waldina to show support for the Nimrod Bull Bash. It just gets to be too much government. They just need to back off a little bit and let us be humans again. Troy Meach helped organize this after he says he was told his Labor Day weekend bull riding events, held for the last 17 years, would be limited to 250 people.
3: They're trying to starve me out. I have no income for the year. They took it all. Not a one of their paychecks have been affected by it, but there's a lot of us out here that, I've been crushed
2: by it. Meech says his rodeo had to follow COVID-19 guidelines that restrict the large gatherings. On an average Saturday night, 4,000 people go to his show. I'm sick about all the bull crap and just want to get back to the way it was. Autotel County has a large assembly ordinance it updated last fall that calls for a permit 90 days before an event is scheduled to happen. Meech's application was reportedly incomplete. Some who were protesting on Wednesday say Minnesota Governor Tim Walz is being heavy-handed.
0: He gives no real clear
1: deadline or no real clear goal. He just closes it sort of indefinitely. You're gonna wear a mask until sometime. We don't know.
2: They also say they don't believe in wearing masks or social distancing despite recommendations from health experts that both are a proven way to stop the spread of COVID-19. You know the government they think they should shut the state down and you know it ain't right. This is everybody's livelihood. You know, so we're here to stand up for it. Meech says his wife has talked him out of hosting his event, although he still has not officially canceled it. And Wadena, Joshua Peguero, Valley News Live. So you can see there are a lot of Trump, obviously, flags and signs. And, and, you know, that's in greater
0: Minnesota, of course. But, hey, if you get the people to get out and vote in greater Minnesota, who knows what can happen come November. Now, you hear those people there saying, hey, look, we don't want to wear masks. We don't want to shut things down. Well, interesting enough, I had a chance earlier today to sit down and visit with the CDC director, Dr. Robert Redfield, about uh, masks. I asked him, about hey, if masks, he believes, obviously, they're very effective. If masks are effective, then can people go and vote in person? We also talked about, should there be more college football? or not. There's going to be a couple parts of this tonight. now due to his schedule. It's a, it was a phone interview, so just bear with us. You're going to see a different video and whatnot. But great information uh, from Dr. Redfield, the CDC director. So here's the first part of our conversation.
3: I want to just kind of start here because I, I posted you were going to be on the show today on social media. And one of the big themes that I'm sure you get as well is that there's so much information out there that people's heads are just spinning. I'm curious if, if, you know, talk to them directly. What do you want them to know? What do you want to say to these people that feel like we're just swimming in information right now?
1: Well, I think the most important thing is to reinforce for everybody: we're going to get through this. Um, there is light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, the second thing I'd like to tell them is that we're not defenseless. We have really one of the most important, powerful weapons against this COVID virus, and that is the uh, simple a face mask, uh, social distancing, wearing a face mask whenever you can, social distance, hand washing, uh, being smart about crowds, uh, making sure you uh, uh, limit your exposure to uh, crowded situations. You know, those simple things really do work. Uh, we've done modeling that if you if you social distance, wear a mask, wash your hands, uh, bars, and are smart about indoor dining, smart about crowds, that we get uh, the same impact on this uh, epidemic as, as we did when we um, closed down. You can keep retail open. You can keep living life. But uh, these are powerful tools. So I want people to know that they have a, a real uh, impact. Their personal choices that they make can really help us as a nation control this epidemic. And the last thing I want to say because it's uh, are beginning flu season, you know, I've expressed that, you know, I'm concerned about having flu and COVID at the same time. On the other hand, if we do what I just asked, um, uh, we could really have one of the mildest flu seasons because the same mitigation steps we use for COVID are actually going to inhibit flu. But the other thing I need the American public to do is embrace the flu vaccine. Uh, Embrace it with confidence. Make sure they don't leave it on the shelf for themselves, their family, the community their workforce. Uh, and if we do those things, this is really the message I want to get out. Now's the time to do that. We can prepare for the fall. We can do our part to make this really uh, uh, one of the mildest flu seasons
3: we've ever had and, and, and really uh, begin to see
1: this nation turn the tide
3: on COVID. So you mentioned a lot there. And those are some of the themes that came up on social media. I want to start with the mass thing because that seems to be such a, a hot topic. And so uh, what people are asking is what conclusive evidence do you have that wearing a mask will prevent the spread of COVID-19?
1: You know, it's important, uh, and it's great that people ask the questions, because, you know, initially uh, we were uh, not recommending masks when the argument was that it might, my mask might protect me from getting infected. Um, there wasn't a lot of data at the time, although I will tell you there's now data to show that it does provide protection also. But the real change was when we realized, unlike flu, a majority of people that get COVID, maybe as many as 50% of individuals, particularly younger people, maybe even higher than that, when they get COVID, unlike flu, they don't have symptoms. And when they don't have symptoms, they still can transmit. So we had been telling people, if you're symptomatic, wear a mask, isolate yourself. But now we realize that, you know, with significant transmissions occurring from people that are not symptomatic. And so that's when, you know, back in March, we turned and said, you know, listen, I wear my mask to protect you. I'm not wearing it to protect me. I'm wearing it to protect you. That If I happen to be infect, infected, it will it, it inhibit the ability of my speech, my cough, my sneeze from being able to have uh, the droplets go in the air and infect you. And we have really pretty good data. I think one of the MNWRs we had out about a month ago Two hairdressers in Missouri, one infected for eight days, one four days. They continued to do their job, uh, taking care of people's hairs. Uh, they wore masks. A majority of their uh, customers wore masks. Uh, they were really close, exposed to them for 15 to 45 minutes. And of the 139 individuals, none of them got infected. But we obviously have other, uh, you know, uh, evidence in a variety of different settings that. Uh,
3: to be fair, so sir, masks
1: do masks do work.
3: But there's also studies out there that show that like, there was a study where there was an asymptomatic person. He was in contact with 400 people and not one person got COVID. I think that's where people are trying to find uh, the balance. And, and speaking about masks, if masks do work, then why not let everything be open up?
1: Well, I think things should open up with masks. I think that's our point. There's such a critical, important component of our ability to, keep our economy open, reopen our places of worship, reopen our schools, um, you know, that masker. I mean, clearly there's a variation in the amount of virus that each of us have, you know, and how infectious each of us are at any one time. There's also a variation in when we detect somebody somebody's positive by, say, a viral test, whether that virus is alive or not. So, I can just tell you that we're confident from a public health perspective that masks do have a major impact on the individual who's infected and their ability to transmit to someone who's not infected. There's more limited data that if I wear a mask, it might protect me, although there's now studies to do that. So, I would just come back to your listeners and say the bulk of the public health evidence and I realized it's complicated because initially, uh, you know, came out asking people to wear masks if they were symptomatic and telling people if they weren't symptomatic they didn't need to wear masks, And then changing that once we understood the asymptomatic carriage rate, it's hard. I always say I was trained uh, in Jesuit schools and I studied Aristotle. And Aristotle, you know, one of the things he said is, you know, you can put anything on a blank slate. In other words, when people don't already have an opinion, you can put something on that blank slate. But when you want to erase that blank slate, that slate, and you want to erase it and put something different on it, it's really hard. And in Aristotle's day, it was really tough. He had to sand down the slate and carve in a new message. So this is what we're trying to do right now with the American public is to let them understand. If you look what happened in Arizona, and so when the governor basically switched to uh, these mitigation strategies of masks, uh, hand washing, social distancing, closing the bars, and basically uh, watching uh, uh, the uh, crowd and restaurants were, you know, it took about four weeks for Arizona. Arizona for the next two weeks, more cases, more cases, more cases, and the next two weeks started coming down to where they were on June 20th. And since then, they've really come down remarkable. So, so these, 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 these strategies do work. And, and again, these strategies do work while we keep our economy open, retail open, places of worship open, reopen
3: our schools. And I think this is really the message we're trying to get out. So, if masks are so effective, then shouldn't everyone be able to go vote at polls in November?
1: Yeah, I think, again, we've put out guidance uh, for uh, elections and polls. And we did that back when the primaries were. We actually did a study, a small study, and in, 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 in we published them in W.R. in Milwaukee. Uh, again, I think people can be able to uh, social distance and wear masks. And and with the uh, uh, recommendations we have for hygiene, bring your own pen, you know, uh, don't share objects. Yeah. Uh, we, we don't see that there's going to be a... Um, a negative impact on your ability to, to vote from a public health perspective. I will say, uh, in the primaries of Milwaukee, uh, our MMWR did show that about 62% of people did change and decide to vote online. Uh, however, we did show that there, they're, we've given clean guidance on how you can have uh, uh, a face-to-face voting. Uh, I know I'm going to vote face-to-face, so, uh, Uh, You know, again, there should not be public health reticence to vote as long as we, uh, and the polling groups do, follow the guidelines that we put out.
3: Thank you. I want to ask you about a tweet that was put out recently on August 13th. I think they were quoting you. Phil Kirpin says, as CDC Director Redfield has said, the coronavirus has very limited pathogenicity under age 45. He goes on to say, lockdowns, college closures, sports cancellations, these things are driving young people towards suicide. It's Conscionable. So in that context, you're talking to somebody in Fargo, North Dakota. We have a bison football team, the Midwest. We love our college football. Do you agree with President Trump that we should allow these college football players to go play? I mean, Nebraska's even said probably one of the safest protocols our students could be in is to be part of the football program. So should we be having college football?
1: You know, the way I like to approach that, and, uh, and I saw a great example of what West Virginia's doing right now, where they're following the prevalence of, you know, percent positive in each county. And they have a system green, um, and then they go to yellow, and then orange, and red. And the way they do this, if you're in green, you can play sports. The high school, this is high school, you can play the games. Uh, if you're in yellow, you can play the games, practice and play the games. If you go to orange, you can't play your game. You forfeit your game, but you can only, uh, you can practice. And if you're in red, you can't practice, and you can't play your games. And it's remarkable, uh, the governor was showing how, uh, how the community is really engaged in making sure that their community stays in the yellow and the green areas. So, from my view, is again, it has to do with how much virus is in the community. The most important thing about getting college sports back and high school sports back is to show you have control of community spread.
0: So a fantastic conversation there with Dr. Redfield. And when we come back, we talk about why North Dakota and why Minnesota for this COVID-19 vaccine pilot project. He answers that and much, much more. So stay with us. Please share your point of view with us. You can email us, text us, leave us a voicemail.
3: We'll be right back.